Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 422. Uh, whenever writing a feature story or a book, always write something that you would like to read. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am so excited and so revved up to introduce a very special guest, Martin Shore. Martin, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Hey, I'm ready to roll. My belts are on. Cool. Awesome. I appreciate it. Martin Shore is the editor at Car Guy Chronicles, an automotive enthusiast blog site. For over 20 years, he's conceptualized and produced successful automotive enthusiast newsstand magazines and niche market books. He was a media relations representative on the East Coast for Buick Motor Divisions for 18 years, and he's an award-winning author. And his latest book, Ford Total Performance, covers Ford's legendary high-performance street and racing cars. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Martin is also the chief communications officer for the Sarasota Cafe Racers. Car guys who do lunch. That sounds like something fun. So, Martin, I've told our listeners a tiny, tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more with us about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, the passion is there. I, I've had the passion since I was old enough to get a driver's license, but there's a whole part of my career. The first part of my career, I was a magazine editor and started around. Oh, in the late 1950s, freelancing as a photojournalist for Hot Rod and Custom Car magazines. Mm -hmm. And then in 1960, uh, became the editor of uh, two digest-sized magazines in New York City called Custom, Rodder, and Car Speed and Style, which were very typical Hot Rod and Custom Car magazines from the 1960s. Cool. And from there... 1965, I became editor of the publishing company's flagship magazine, Cars Magazine, which I retitled High Performance Cars Magazine, and stayed there until 1973 when I left and went on to produce books and started the first magazine for Corvette enthusiasts on the newsstand, and that was Vet Magazine 
which is still the number one Corvette magazine. Yeah, it's been around forever. Yeah, and well, I think forever is the mid-70s. <laughs> well, <laughs> my forever. <laughs> right, right. And I started the first Pontiac Enthusiast magazine, which was uh, Pontiac, high-performance Pontiac and Pontiac, and that magazine went away, I think, last year Yeah. Uh, when Source Interlink got rid of a lot of publications. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of background in editorial before, as we say in the business, crossing over to the dark side and becoming a PR guy. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, it's really cool, really interesting. And one of the things we want to focus on today is this new book of yours, because it's really cool for people that love Fords and especially Fords involved in racing, which, gosh, they've been involved in racing forever. Uh, you've covered the gamut uh, from a, a very specific period, and we'll get into that. We'll get into the specifics of this book and how it all came to be. But first, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here, the the rubber burning, if you would. So, Martin, take the wheel. Well, you know, as far as inspirational quote or mantra, what has worked for me most of my life, when it, when it as as applies to writing. Uh, whenever writing a feature story or a book, always write something that you would like to read, mm-hmm. yeah. that you find interesting, and chances are very good that it will engage the reader. The idea is not just to deliver a lot of facts, which are always important and should be part and parcel of every car book, but you got to make it readable, and you have to make people want to turn the page. And I think that if you write something that you really enjoy reading, you're going to find you're going to be successful. You know, I've heard this. I've had so many authors on Cars Yeah here as guests. And what you're talking about is akin to what I hear a lot of people saying is write a story as if you're talking to a car buddy and telling them about this, uh, this mark, this genre, this period of time, this racing, whatever it might be. So... I think that makes a world of sense because nobody just wants to read a fact book. It's just it's boring. It's not much fun, right. but yeah, involve a story. And I think that's what you've done here with this book. It's really cool. And I want to let our listeners know what's really neat. When I got a copy of this book and I opened it up, right inside the front cover, I saw a beautiful painting by another Cars, I guess, David Snyder, uh, which he contributed to your book. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, David is a really good artist. I mean, a fine artist. and I really like his muscle car stuff. Yeah. He had done a painting for Baldwin Motion for Chevrolet stuff back around 2008. And uh, it was a great painting of custom one-off niche market performance Chevys. And I used that for inside the covers on my motion performance book that I did in 2009, which right now is out of print. His work is, I love his work. Yeah, he does a great job. Would you share with us uh, a story that instigated your goal for writing this book, Ford Total Performance? Uh, take us to that point in time when you decided to write this book, why you decided to write us, and, and the story around that. Well, it, it, it's kind of interesting because I have a, a serious amount of archival files from the days when I was a magazine editor and photojournalist and publisher and uh, involved in books, that, you know, starting around, seriously around 1960, which 
coincides with with the explosion of high performance cars in this country. You can say it started in '49 with the overhead valve Cadillac and Oldsmobiles, or you can say it started in the mid '50s with the Chrysler 300. But really, from 1960, 1961 on, uh, for a good decade, that was the key part. So I was over in my warehouse, which is also my garage, since I live in an apartment. Mm-hmm. I was looking through some of my files, and I was I discovered an amazing number of interesting photographs of Ford-related cars, events, people from that period of time. And uh, much of it captured my experiences driving performance cars at Ford's Dearborn Proving Ground. Uh, I actually flew to Monte Carlo in 1960, in January 1963, to drive the 427 four and a quarter Fastback Galaxy in the Alps, along with Falcon Sprints. Yeah, we did a whole drive program. Ford did a whole drive program and invited me to it in the Maritime Alps above Monte Carlo. Oh, my gosh. How fun that must have been. (laughs) Well, I was was a kid and didn't even have a passport and had to rush out and get one and got to drive the Falcon Sprints, the 289-271 Fairlanes, and the 427 Galaxy Fastbacks, which were 63.5 models, and also got to ride in the Monte Carlo Rally Falcons, uh-huh. and was invited to the palace to meet Prince Rainier and Princess Grace Wow! Uh, oh, for man. a reception. I mean, I, I was just a kid, and like I was blown away, and um, all I can say is yikes. It yeah. was really cool stuff for a young kid. Oh my gosh. So, so that you know, that kind of uh, materials from that trip and from other trips I made with drag races and, and on the high-speed oval in, in Dearborn kind of came together, and I realized that I had an awful lot of stuff that I could share with the public, stuff that other writers write about. They weren't even born then, but I actually was there. So I thought it was really cool, and it turned out well, and the book is doing very well. We just launched it at the um, Muscle Car Nationals in Chicago uh, last month. Uh-huh. And so it's all good. Oh, yeah. Well, we're so happy you shared this with us because it is it is all good. And the fact that you were there, oh, my gosh, well, for a young man to be able to experience what you experienced over in Europe and, and with the Ford cars, wow, you are one fortunate guy. Martin, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down in the process of riding Ford Total Performance and share with us uh, some of the big challenges that you faced, the walls you came up to and smacked into and had to drive around uh, as you uh, worked through this process. And the more important part of this, of course, is not so much the challenges, but how you overcame them and what did you learn from it? Well, yeah, I mean, there are challenges for every project, whether you're building a car or you're writing a book or you're you know, flying an airplane. You know, once you get past the challenge of actually making a pitch to a publisher, I mean, that's a, that's a big part of the whole thing. In my case, I wasn't concerned as much about that as I was about finding negatives and prints and slides I found files, but these negatives have been sitting in file cabinets since the 1960s. Mm. So you have deterioration, you have 
uh, moisture, you have mildew, you have all kinds of problems. And uh, I had to go through strips of negatives on my 35, well, it was 30, mostly 35 millimeter plus two and a quarter, two and a quarter negatives to make sure that the negatives were good enough to have scanned so we can get a good digital image. So it was a big challenge getting the the materials and then finding a service to do a quality scanning job of negatives. Uh, the second challenge is the challenge that everybody is going to have when they're writing about something that happened 40 years ago or more, and that is finding people to talk with mm. at Ford or at whatever company products you're writing about to talk with and kind of put it all together because you have your research and you can read other people's books, but nothing beats talking to the actual people. Right. Oh, yeah. And when you're dealing with a subject that covers as many years as we covered here, it's obvious that many of those people are not going to be with us anymore. So fortunately, I was able to hook up with a number of people who were hands-on in racing and building high-performance cars at Ford, uh, drag racers like Dick Brannon and uh, guys from special vehicles like Charlie Gray, who was a manager and, and Homer Perry and all these people, they're still around and, they're, and they were willing to talk about it. And uh, it was great to get the first-hand experiences so I can pass them on to the reader, which makes any project that more appealing. Wow. Well, you don't think about that when you look at these books that people write and publish the old pictures. You just think, oh, somebody had a cool picture. They just throw it in. But all the <laughs> dynamics behind that, I know it all. You'll make it look so easy, don't you? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you say that, but there's also another problem when you're, let's say, in my position. When we used to go to the previews for the car manufacturers, mm -hmm. and they, they had them in the 50s, they have them today to show us the new cars. What you have to realize is that a lot of the cars you see and cars you drive don't actually come out that way. Mm. Yeah. So you take pictures of a car, and it's in your file, and it's 40 years old, and you're going through the pictures, and you run it, and then you realize that's not the way a Mustang looks. It didn't didn't have that grill. Yeah, it, didn't it was have that wheel. It was an early and, prototype. And I, and I can tell you the biggest embarrassment. We had a couple of embarrassments over the years when I was an editor of driving cars and reporting on it, and then finding out the cars were never built. Yeah. Oh wow. And every everybody kind of knows if you're a, a Chrysler fan, if you're a Mopar fan. You know that the Street Hemi came out in the 1966 model year. Mm -hmm. Well, I was at the 1965 model year presentation at the Chelsea Proving Grounds, and I took a whole set of pictures and just beat the crap out of a 65 Coronet powered by a Street Hemi. Mm. And I got all these great pictures of me driving this car, and it was fast, it was wonderful, it was great. And we run the pictures only to find out that Chrysler delayed the program for a year. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so nobody nobody could buy the damn car. Now, 
it just so happens that I was the only person at the proving grounds that day to drive that car. So nobody else had the pictures. Oh, well. So I was the only one that had them in about, I'd say about eight, ten years ago, Hot Rod Magazine contacted me. They wanted to interview me regarding driving that car and run some of the pictures. Mm-hmm. Because nobody else had them. Yeah, yeah. So right. it, 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 it's stuff like that. You have to be careful when you go through 40, 50-year-old files that what you're looking at is real. Oh, yeah. It makes total sense to me. And the other part of that is if you post a photograph in your book that's not quite right, a true car guy is going to open that page and go, ah, the credibility of this whole book just went down the tubes. You're absolutely right. That car was never built. But I love the way the graphics are laid out in this book. There's a combination of Really nice black and white photos, color photos, and there's also some nice graphic elements. It's almost like a an old-fashioned photographic print with the white borders laid down on the page with a little oh. top shadow. Really nice job that they did. Yeah, the art director did a great job, and, and the, he merged different layout techniques together. And, and the, those pictures you see with the white borders are... Typical 1950s scrapbook. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got a bunch of those myself. And, you know, Motor <laughs> Motor Book's a publisher, of course. I've had Zach Miller on the show here and uh, Darwin Holmstrom, who are both from Motor Books, had uh, right. many authors from Motor Books. They do a tremendous job. So fantastic. Well, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story. When you had have an aha moment with this project, and how did you take that aha moment to help you make this book a reality? Well, when I was putting together a pitch for Darwin at Motorbooks, I spent a lot of time doing research, talking with people who retired from Ford. And that aha moment that I realized that this was really cool and I'm going to enjoy doing this and it's going to be good was when I discovered that back in the day, Henry Ford decided to get out of racing over a couple of year period, probably starting around 1968. And by 70, he really took the budgets away from the racing guys. And it was clear why he did it. The main reason he did it was that the government was running all these congressional hearings on car makers spending money, not on safety, Mm. and then later not on emissions. And Ford was the biggest spender on racing, and I guess they wanted to target Ford as being irresponsible. So Henry Ford, to protect the Ford family, because unlike most car companies, Ford is 40% controlled by the family. So you have, every time someone says a bad word about a Ford car or a Ford project or a Ford event, it's the Ford family. Right. So, um, as I did more research about this, when he started to pull out of racing, Iacocca started investigating why so much money was being spent. Ah, And he started by by looking at Carcraft, which was an outside vendor to the corporation that was 100% Ford projects. Mm Mm-hmm. And they had about five buildings around Detroit, and I can't even imagine what their buildings were. But they looked at Carcraft, and they looked at the racing vendors like Shelby and Holman and Moody and Bill Strop and the rest of them. 
and they started to find a lot of money that went astray. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, <laughs> and Iacocca, with his investigation, found financial abuse at Ford and at the racing suppliers or vendors. There were kickbacks, favors, missing parts. And I knew I had to write about this. Nobody else had written to the level of information that I was getting. Mm. But I also had to be very careful because since much of this was hearsay and I wasn't there when it happened, it would be very difficult to defend it in court. Yeah. And so I, I treaded lightly on this whole thing. And much of it is around the implosion of special vehicles at Ford where it, it just, in 1970, came apart. Yeah. And yeah. I actually ran my copy around that subject past a guy who was a friend of mine who restores NASCAR race cars, uh, who just happens to be the federal attorney, the U.S. attorney for a good part of Texas, to let me know if I was opening up a can of worms here. Mm-hmm. And so he suggested I change some some words, and I got it across without actually naming names connected with various events. Once I saw what was what was going on, I realized that I could write a book that had a lot of information that books over the past 15, 20 years did not have. Cool. And so, yeah, very interesting. Well, yeah, tread lightly when you move into that, <laughs> those areas. You can get yourself and a bunch of people into trouble, but very, very interesting <laughs> backstory. That's cool. What makes this book so special for you, and why are you proud of the final publication? Well, I'm very proud of the graphic presentation. I'm very proud of the package. Motorbooks did a great job with what I gave them. and But I'm really proud because I believe that this book represents my best work. Mm, nice. And gives the buyer his or hers money's worth and puts the reader kind of back in the day when it was all happening. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I, I think between the cover design to the inside layout, all beautifully done, it's very, it just draws you in. And I, and I think that I don't want to say it's a work of art because it really isn't. But as far as books go, I believe it is a work of art. And I believe that the story will hold you and you're going to want to read this book. And, and that is, I think, the biggest point that many coffee table car books are really for thumbing through and looking at pictures, beautiful pictures, and reading captions, and then you feel you read the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My book, you're going to have to read because as good as the pictures are and as good as the captions are, the real story is in the text. And that's what makes me proud of the book. Very cool. Well, and I can tell our listeners, you're going to want to read this because it's really cool. And, and again, the way it's broken up with all the graphics and photos, it makes for an easy read, too. It's, it doesn't feel daunting if you're not a big book reader, if you will. So right. <laughs> we'll encourage. And also, a little later in the show, you're going to hear we have something special for one of our listeners out there. Uh, I understand uh, Martin has contributed one book to my care to give away to a Cars Yow listener, but we'll tell you a little bit more about that in a few minutes. What are some of the titles of some of the other books you've written? I divide it into hardcover books and softcover books. 
In the 1980s, my wife and I produced a library of titles, what they call trade paperbacks, which are 8 by 11 books on slick paper with uh, full-color covers and the softbound. And it was part of a series called the Quicksilver Mark series books, which covered performance activities of American car makers from the late 50s to the 1980s. Um, in 1987, while we had the Buick account and I was handling public relations on the East Coast, I wrote the uh, Buick GNX book for General Motors, which was a leather-bound book that went with each of Buick's 547 GNX models in 1987, which, by the way, was the quickest and fastest production car built in the United States, quicker and faster than a Corvette. Wow. E each copy was stamped with the VIN number of the GNX that it went with. Oh, cool. So, and they they published, I believe, an extra thousand copies that were sent to some museums to sell, but it's been out of print for a number of years. It was called just Buick GNX, and it was nice. leather-bound book. Very nice. Yeah, Awesome. In 2009, I wrote Emotion Performance, Tales of a Muscle Car Builder for Motorbooks, and that was a very successful hardcover book that covered the range of products that Baldwin Motion, which was Baldwin Chevrolet and Motion Performance Building, 427 and 454, Camaros and Chevelles and Corvettes and Novas and V8 Vegas and all those specialty cars. Very cool. Well, you have been a busy guy, that's for sure. <laughs> is there anything about the book that you wish you'd done a little differently? Or are you, are you just, is it just, you're so happy with it, it's, it's as good as it can be? No, actually, you know, the, the, the whole process of writing a book for a publisher versus writing a book that you publish yourself mm -hmm. is that you have a whole set of, another set of ears and eyes and opinions and there were a lot of changes that were made in the book from the way I kind of submitted it mm -hmm. to the way it was finished. And much of it came from Darwin and the art director. And I agreed with them that the changes were good and the book came out fine. And the only thing I would change about the book is put more pages in it because I had more things to say. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's cool. Are there any authors that you've enjoyed over your lifespan that were an inspiration to you? Oh, sure. Being an editor and a journalist, you read other people's books. I think the best automotive book ever written remains Ken Purdy's The Kings of the Road. Oh, yeah. Which I believe was published in 1949, maybe into 1950, and influenced me and a whole bunch of other journalists I know into getting into the hobby and being a writer and photographer. Yeah, that book influenced a lot of people. Yeah, Purdy died in, uh, I think, the early 1970s. But what's interesting is the book remains a landmark in quality journalism. And uh, it's certainly worth reading today. Yeah. Uh, also, Leo Levine did a great history of Ford racing, just pure racing, not streetcars, in uh, The Dust and the Glory. Ah, yeah which is a, a, also a landmark book as far as research is concerned. 
And I have to mention my friend A.J. Bain's book, Go Like Hell. Ah, yes. Because of my passion for four GT40s and Lamar racing, and uh, A.J. really did a sensational job uh, writing that book. You know, I think uh, of, of all the past 242 guests now, that book has been the most recommended book of all the books that people have talked about was Go Like Hell, A.J. Bain. So, yeah, fantastic. Well, Martin, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Martin, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Okay. What's the best book writing advice you've ever received? I never got any. <laughs> oh, bummer. <laughs> nobody, nobody ever gave me advice. I, all I got was rejection slips. Oh, gosh. Well, maybe that helped <laughs> in some way. It helped sharpen that saw. Wow, that's a good one. How about a personal habit? Is there one in particular that you believe has contributed to your ability to complete this project and other projects? Yeah, I, I think that I'm able to devote time to a project dedicated to keeping on schedule. And I've been that way for many, many years as a magazine editor and having deadlines to meet. I, I'm able to to just dedicate myself mm -hmm. to starting, finishing, uh, completing a project. And I have to say, over 25 years uh, in magazine work, not books, over 25 years in magazine work, I never missed a shipping date and an on-sale date awesome. of a magazine that I was working on. Good for you. Well, I know how hard that is. I worked for 21 years in a company where we produced a catalog, 17 ah. to 20 of those a year. And I say the same thing. I never missed a press date. So. Uh, sometimes that is hard to do <laughs> with that many publications. <laughs> now, I mentioned earlier that we've got a little special for one of our lucky listeners out there in Cars Yeah land. You've offered a book to me to give away to a listener. Is that right? That's correct. I'd like one of your listeners to have a free copy of my book, and all he has to do is promise to read it. <laughs> I think that'll be an easy one. Well, I'll remind our listeners out there, if you have not subscribed at the Cars yeah website, you won't have a chance to win this, so go to carsyad.com.com, click on the free book button, and I'll send you my free ebooks. Everyone gets one of those, but somebody out there is going to get a free book. I'm going to pick it, and I'll mail it off to you, and you can enjoy that. So we appreciate you doing that for us, Martin. Thank you so much for giving away one of these awesome books. My pleasure. We are up to the checkered flag, and this last question... <laughs> It'd be kind of interesting. If there's one singular message that you'd like our readers to get from reading Ford Total Performance, this wonderful book, what would that one message be? Well, you know, thinking about it, if you were not able to be around during the 1960s, you weren't 
born yet or not old enough to drive, this book will put you in the middle of everything that Ford was doing to dominate international motorsports and build incredible performance cars. Yeah. It, it gives you a front row seat to what Ford did to win at Le Mans, to win at Indy, to win at NHRA, uh, you name it. And Ford dominated motorsports internationally for a few years. Yeah, it, it does that exactly. And, and what's really cool is there's also other aspects of Ford's involvement in motor cars, like the Pantera, the engines that are in that car. There's stories in here about Dan Gurney and his Eagle. Uh, I, I see my buddy Peter Brock in here, uh, stories about him and his involvement with Shelby and so forth. So, yeah, it brings a front row seat for sure. And I think our readers will really, really enjoy this book. Martin, you have taken me on a great Ford ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Ford high-performance car? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I want to thank you for having me on. It's really been a pleasure. I think a, a parting word of advice or comment is nothing beats reading a real book, hmm. one that you can hold in your hands, feel the pages, put down and pick up. And and to me, that is the way to do it. And uh, that's my parting thought. Absolutely. Yeah, I have a big library in my home with a lot of automotive books. I'm really happy to put this book on the shelf with all my other books. Uh, it's going to be a great resource to go back to. It's a great read. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you? And what's the best way to get their hands on a copy of your book? Ford Total Performance. Well, the best way to get a copy of the book is probably to go to Amazon.com or MotorBooks.com and order them online. Some Barnes and Noble stores are carrying it. Mm-hmm. I think even Target is carrying it online. Cool. Uh, as far as finding out more about me, go to my Facebook page. Go, go to Facebook for Martin Shore and. You can follow me and see what I've been doing and pretty much learn about my career. Awesome. That's the way to do it. That's how I learned about you. And listeners, you can find links to everything Martin's been so kind to share today at carsyad.com slash Martin Shore. Martin's last name is spelled S-C-H-O-R-R. And again, for all those subscribe all those listeners out there who have subscribed to Cars Yeah, you're gonna have a chance to win a copy of this book. I'll be giving this away tomorrow when this airs, which will be uh, middle of January. So thank you again, Martin, for doing that. And thanks again for being so generous today with your time and, and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with Ford and all of our, our listeners now. It's been really great. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Hey, thanks a lot. It was my pleasure being on the show. Take care now. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.